Hi, welcome to She Walks With God. I'm Annie, this is my podcast, and I'm here with no music, no fluff, just me, my mic, and my walking with God story. In this episode, I'll be speaking about the power of the past and how opening my eyes to this power helped me to understand the ways that the past is able to inspire and limit my present and my future. I'll also be sharing how and why it became clear to me that God is very much a generational God and the impact that had on my life. Now, a number of years um, before I left London, a friend said to me, Annie, to know who you are and where you're going, you need to know who you were and where you're coming from. Now, based on my belief and experiences today, I could dissect um, and go into that really deeply and share so much about that statement. But at the time, and up until I found myself walking with God in New York, all I took from it related to looking back to my parents and grandparents. So that's where I that's the context it felt like it had for me. Um, looking at their lives and their experiences and how that had influenced and steered my own. So for example, I remember in my 20s sitting down with my biological father um, and we'd had a pretty tumultuous relationship, put it, to put it lightly, so we didn't really speak much. But on this one occasion, we sat down and while we were talking, he spoke about his weight problem. Um, because he was he had been really really big since I was small um, and he told me how he'd used food for comfort and I was actually amazed to hear him share some of his behaviors with food that were behaviors I indulged in too um, you know I looked at my gran and my mum very strong women who took care of the home didn't need a man per se to get things done and you know my mum's career in a male dominated industry like engineering. And I related it to my own desire to pursue a career as a pilot, you know, another male dominated industry. And I was quite strong as um, a woman as well. Um, and I saw my grandmother, she was self-employed. She was a self-employed dressmaker. Uh, my granddad who owned businesses. And I understood where I got the entrepreneurial spirit from, um, or at least a desire to start businesses. So I learned and understood so much about myself when I looked at my parents and grandparents, but it didn't always feel good to see things that didn't fit the life I wanted to lead. And instead, it just kind of left me feeling helpless because um, it was almost like the path was set just because really that's what my parents and my grandparents had done. So that was my path too. Um, and by the time I got to New York, the church had um, taught me about generational curses and the focus was really on the negative impact that curses could have on my life if I didn't pray against them and believe in the blood of Jesus to sort of cover me. You know, I learned that curses from older generations, so i.e. my parents and my grandparents, could be broken by prayer and the blood, which again, another benefit of following Christianity. So it's like, you know, what a great selling point the opportunity to like break free from this cycle and choose my own way to be. So the more I follow Christianity and, you know, the pastors screaming and hollering and Pentecostal churches, the more I believed in the curses that were standing in the way of my freedom. Um, so prayer and a lot of it was the only way. Um, and learning the right Christianese words to use in prayer was even more important if I wanted to break those curses. Um, and truthfully, you know what, it makes me cringe when I look back. You know, I remember a few years ago, 
asking myself what I tell the younger me to stop her from making the same mistakes I'd made. And one of them was, I just say, if anyone invites you to church, just say no. <laughs> and although I was actually quite shocked at the time that I'd sort of written that down, um, as times passed and I stand really looking back on my life, I stand by that even more. Um, for me, you know, church as an organisation is to blame for a lot of false interpretations and understanding of the Bible and of God. Um, but anyway, before I go off on a different present day tangent, um, let's get back to where I was in New York learning about generational curses and the power of the past. <laughs> OK, so we'll go right back there and leave all of that for another day. So here we go. Like, so the lessons then. Well, the first lesson really was that God is a generational God. Um, perhaps it has something to do with his ability to exist outside of time. So what we see as hundreds or thousands of years are not viewed in the same way from his perspective. You know, look at the Bible. The whole thing is generational. If we were to commit and diligently read through the Bible, we could probably get through it um, from beginning to end in less than a year. Um, we'd meet everyone, we'd read through every story, we'd know the beginnings and the ending of what happens. But living in those stories were people who endured for hundreds of years. So our present, bringing it back to now and context, our present, my present, may seem distant and disconnected from my distant relatives in the past and in the relatives to come in the future, but in God's eyes, it's not. You know, I started to understand how important it was to acknowledge this because I wanted to see my life through God's eyes. And if I wanted to do that, then I had to think generationally too. Um, my present was generationally sitting between relatives in my past and relatives in my future. Um, my present was influenced and impacted by those before me. And I would in turn affect those who would come after me. So the biggest takeaway from this lesson was really having the humility to accept that my life, my experience and my existence was just a section, a proportion of a generational storyline that God could see the entirety of. Um, and there was freedom in that, but there was also responsibility. And, you know, think about King David, you know, he wanted to build a temple to God he had a heart after God. So, you know, he wanted to build this temple. He wanted to do something good. But that part that he had was just about writing the plan and, and preparing the plan, I should say. Um, it was actually his son, Solomon, who would actually build the temple. Now, ever since I was young, I'd been full of ideas and things I wanted to accomplish and do in my life. So it was like to the point where I really felt like I would just do everything. Obviously, I wanted to be a pilot, but there was just so much more that I wanted to do as well. And I remember receiving this lesson from God um, about generations and thinking generationally and realizing that many of the dreams and visions I had in my heart may not even be for me to action. Um, some may have been in accomplishments of generations before and others may be accomplished through future generations. And God had reminded me of the impact that hearing the eulogy at my granddad's funeral had had on me because it was the first time I'd actually heard a brief summary of his whole life. 
um, and really just saw, I guess, more of me as his granddaughter in the story. Um, I was also taken back to the time I'd gone to Mexico on holiday and I just felt this connection to the Spanish culture, which made a lot of sense considering that my gran was half Cuban. Um, so it was just like understanding that this was all generational um, and it felt a bit like, you know, everything was just opening up because it was just so much bigger than just my life now. It was wider and more people, I guess, involved and it wasn't just me, my life, my existence, my experience. Um, and understanding God's perspective as a generational God really just changed a lot. Um, but I will share a little bit more about that um, a little bit further on. Now, the second lesson I learned was that, number one, breaking generational curses happens in my decision making. Number two, my decisions come from the thoughts in my mind. Number three, a renewed mind breaks curses. And number four is just a reminder of the Bible saying that to be transformed is we have to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So God did explain to me, that's the lesson, but God was explaining to me that generational curses are the thoughts and mindsets that have been passed down through generations. And really they have created the same behaviors and outcomes. So add that, all of those old ways of thinking and old behaviours to new unhelpful thoughts and it just multiplies the burden. And you end up with this like lethal cocktail that we then pass on to generations to come. Um, and I didn't want to live with a curse over my life. So I believed that I needed to be covered by the blood. Um, but then as God was explaining more and more, he also explained that generational curses could be easily broken. Um, I think like being in church, it just felt like this was such a intense thing, but God was just showing me like by changing my thinking and adopting a new mindset, it would create new behaviors and outcomes. That's the, what we would call quote unquote, um, curse broken. Um, and it was simple and I was empowered to do it. He empowered me to do it. I didn't have to fear curses or imagine blood protecting me. I just needed to change my thinking and walking with God was already doing that. So when we talk about prayer as a, almost like as a weapon against generational curses, what is prayer? Well, prayer is me speaking with God. It's all those times where I was walking with God and speaking with him. That was prayer. And what was prayer doing? What was that relationship doing? What was that conversation um, and relationship with God doing? It was changing my mindset. It was changing how I thought. It was changing how I, you know, process things. And what was that in turn doing? It was then leading me to a point where my behaviors and the outcomes would be different. Oh, look, curse broken. It was very simple. Um, and it all comes right back to just that relationship with God. So although, you know, I guess renewing my mind was a process, so I'm not saying it's easy, I'm not saying that at all. It wasn't complicated, right? It still comes down to the same thing of just being with God and communicating with him um, and walking with him. So with my, you know, my eyes being opened um, and realizing, you know, unhelpful behaviors 
which can be blamed on curses, are actually just a repeated cycle of a specific mindset. Um, for example, I, I don't know if anyone else has heard this story before, but it's like, you know, where you have like an alcoholic father, you know, he's got two sons. One becomes like his father and turns to alcohol and the other one takes a different path and ext becomes extremely successful. What's the difference there? Well, the difference is the mindset. Um, if we went by just this curse, then basically both sons should have come out the same way. But that wasn't the case. Um, they just made different decisions based on different ways of thinking and a different mindset, which gave them different outcomes. Um, so in my own life, you know, I learned to associate food with comfort, not just because of a generational curse over my family, but because I was surrounded by people like my grandparents who used food to comfort me and show me love. And my mind from a young, like as a child, was then being shaped to associate food and comfort. So this wasn't a curse per se that came and kind of attacked me. It was just the repeated mindset, repeated behaviours that led to like it being perpetuated, those behaviours being perpetuated generation to an like to another generation to another. And how do you change that? Yes, prayer, as I've explained, you speak to God. Um, the blood of Jesus, okay. Um, but perhaps the change in mindset, you know, is really just about the, the ultimate goal of that prayer, if that makes sense, of the, the ultimate goal of that prayer, the ultimate goal of that faith, i.e. believing in the blood of Jesus, is really just to change your mindset. That's what the whole point of it is there to do. Um, and when you focus on that, it's actually, like I said, very simple. Um, and the way that to change my relationship with food is really just about looking at, okay, well, I need to change my mindset to recognize that food doesn't equal comfort. Um, even though that's what my parents and my grandparents had bought my way, I'm now learning something different and I needed to change that relationship with food by changing my mind. Um, so it wouldn't affect me in the way that it had affected the lives of my parents or my grandparents. Um, and furthermore, like with my new mindset, maybe and perhaps my children won't associate food with comfort in the same way either, you know, and they won't then suffer from that generational curse. And again, quote unquote, that's what I, that's how I see it. You know, they don't have to suffer. Is it a curse? Like, mm, I don't know. I used to think it was a curse. That's what I was taught in church. But as God was explaining this to me, I kind of just realized, you know what? It's all part of that kind of religious speak, you know, the generational curse. It can feel like it's something else is responsible for how I'm behaving or what I'm doing. When God was bringing it right back to something that was not super hard, wasn't overcomplicated. Um, you just have to surrender to walking with him and you have responsibility to actually be able to change your mindset which will give you a different outcome so i hope that makes um sense to you um because i think 
and again this could be me going off on a tangent (laughs) but I do think sometimes um, and one of the biggest things that does make me cringe when I look back on my experience um, of being in a church organization and you know what I would probably say was really caught up in religion is just how everything just felt super complicated super intense when actually God was lifting the weight and lifting the burden and showing me that it really wasn't and it was actually quite simple I just changed the way you think you know it's not this curse you just think differently to how your parents thought to how your grandparents thought and allowed the actions to follow your new thinking your renewed thinking and you'll get a different outcome you'll get a different result um so spend your prayer time actually looking at what needs to change rather than fighting this um imaginary curse that you think is attacking you so anyway (laughs) let's keep going so anyway my um takeaway i guess from those two lessons was that if i could renew my thinking and my mindset i could make a difference for generations to come okay um and as i said all curses um like i felt stopped with me like i really believe that um because obviously like i said i was in this mindset of it is a curse but i was still just like well it stops with me um and it's not just as a curse defined by christianity um but as a mindset this way of thinking has to end with me and my responsibility involves prayer um yes in the context that i believe it to be which is walking and talking with god and having that relationship but it's also response um, the responsibility is so much more than that um in terms of what i can be responsible for and the things i can do to change my mindset so then the next thing was that i looked at the power of my present um you know the power that i had to decide what i wanted to cut ties with and what i wanted to take forward in my life and for generations beyond um it was kind of enlightening to remember that i am the past of my future generations and what i do in the present you know the decisions i make mindset behaviors i allow today are shaping the generations to come and what they'll have to deal with Um, and that's what changed everything in me because my challenges were no longer just for my growth they were for the freedom of my children and generations down the line Um, now to share more about this change like I said I would I was walking with God and at that time I didn't have children when I was in New York Um, I still don't have children but you know what I mean like in New York I didn't have children Um, (laughs) I'm so silly I don't know why I say things but it just kind of came to my head that that sounded a little bit wrong so I'll say again so anyway didn't have children but having a family is actually something that I'd wanted for a long time since I was a child always thought of wanting to have a family Um, even when I was pursuing being a pilot my plan had always been to become a pilot by the time I was 30 so that I could have like flexibility with my flight schedule and just be present for my children Um, so like and I guess like many women I suppose I got to my early 30s didn't have children even had some people think that I was a lesbian because I didn't have children um but that's again a story for another day (laughs) 
have no idea what people think sometimes. But anyway, yeah, I didn't have children and I didn't understand why. You know, why wouldn't God bless me with my heart's desire? You know, why didn't I have a husband? Why didn't I have children? Um, and again, like I say, I look back and I really do cringe. I'm that person that reads my journal and just literally I'm reading the words on the page and I'm speaking to her and just be like, listen, girl, you need to just get a grip. Like, what is this about? <laughs> but anyway, that's what I felt at the time. That's what I wanted. Um, but as I learned to look back um, or look at my life, I guess, in the context of generations, I started to really be thankful for the opportunity and the privilege I had to clean up the mess that would make my children and generations to come free from those unhealthy mindsets and issues. Um, but I had to accept that doing that, I would, you know, that it would take time. I'd have to be patient and it would take a lot of trust. You know, I didn't want to be with just any man. I wanted to be with a man who would be a good father to my children. I didn't just want to be a mother. I wanted to be a mother who could be present for my children. I didn't want to just have children because I'm a woman and I can. I wanted to be a woman who was grounded and able to be a safe space, a safe place for my children to come to. And what I realized was that I wanted a family and I wanted a home, but I had to admit to myself that I actually wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for what I truly desired in the way that I truly desired it. And that was a hard pill to swallow, especially, you know, as Christians, you kind of have this thing of like, you're never going to really be ready. God is the one that kind of qualifies you and makes you ready. And I understand all of that, you know, and the sentiment of that. But sometimes you just need to be self-aware you need to have enough self-awareness to know for yourself what it takes to experience what you truly desire. Um, and even as a Christian who's not ready, you can convince yourself of that just so that you set, so that you're able to get what you want, but you're really just settling. Um, and that just wasn't where I was at. And I had to realize that that was the truth. I wasn't ready. There was a lot of things that I had to give and that I could pass on, but I knew in my heart that God had more for me and for my future generations too. So I chose the hard path and I committed to the deep work for myself, yes, but for generations too. Um, I wasn't just going through this process or making this commitment to myself because I felt obliged, like I had no choice. I actually wanted it. I wanted to heal and grow and get better. And although I didn't know how that was gonna happen or what it meant in practice, I was surrendered to the process and above all, I trusted God. You know, for the first time I felt in the core of my being that if there was one thing I was gonna do with my life, it was to put an end to the dysfunction and pain and hurt and mental illness that had warped the thinking of generations and my family lineage and that was being carried through. You know, I wasn't having it. It would end, it would end with me. And so that became my motivation and drive, but it was ironic because to the naked eye, my life at the time was dysfunctional steroids. You know, it was the complete opposite, as I've often said, to what I was going after. But it was when my mum had spoken to me um, that time when I told her I just wanted to go back to London. Um, and she'd said, you know, just keep going. You've come too far to turn back now. It felt like I heard generations before me just like really cheering me on and that encouraged me. Um, so I just believed at that time then that I had to embrace two things, humility and faith. 
you know, I had big dreams, always had done since I was a child, but I was willing to release those dreams to future generations so that I could dedicate myself to the work in the unseen spiritual realm um, to really just change the mental trajectory for my children. You know, I was ready to be broken so my children could be free, even if no one else in the world understood me. You know, I didn't care what anyone else thought. I was empowered to know that the best thing I could do for my children wasn't leaving the legacy of money or worldly success, but actually a healthy mind, um, especially knowing um, later on as well what was really going on in my family um, lineage. You know, I wanted to have faith like Joshua and Caleb. That was my goal because Joshua and Caleb had gone into the promised land and they were the only people in their generation who believed that they could take this land and were the, actually the only people who got it from that generation. Everyone else in that generation had died in the wilderness. It was because they didn't believe. Um, and I just decided I wasn't going to die in the wilderness. My vision was set on the promised land of a renewed mind and I was going to get there no matter what it cost me. And that's where my children were going to be born. And I just had faith in God and his ability to lead me right through the wilderness, just as he had started to do already. So, you know, I didn't at the time, I didn't have a manual or a, or a blueprint. Like all of this, God was explaining to me and showing me. I didn't have a book that said, okay, Annie, this is now what you have to do. I was just, again, taking one day at a time. Um, and it was a new thing, I guess, obviously for my family. All I knew was what I'd learned from church. And although I'd been walking with God, I still believed that I needed a human being to lead me. Um, Christianity had taught me that I needed to be covered, couldn't understand the Bible without a teacher, and that being planted in a church organization with leadership was where I would flourish. So I was in church, I was a Christian, and I did believe but there was no one really in my church in New York who I felt could help me. Um, so I just learned to be there, but then also trust God's leadership um, through it. Um, and I just believed that he'd bring me to what I needed to, at the time, what I needed in order to accomplish what I'd committed to. So that's where I found myself, to, you know, in 2014. And although I knew the freedom in God, that freedom had increased my commitment to my faith because now I knew my big why. You know, I was no longer feeling obligated to commit out of fear um, as I'd learned or had, I guess, had become my norm as a Christian and in Christianity. Um, I was motivated to commit out of love and of power, um, realising the power that I had to change the generations coming after me. So big changes were afoot. Um, but to start, I had to look back on God's hand on my own life um, and learn about his sovereignty. So in the next episode, I'll be sharing more about that. Um, and that will be on the 3rd of December. So I hope you have understood everything that I've said today. Um, I hope that you have a re-listen to it, um, make your notes do whatever you need to do to understand that your present is influenced by generations before you um, and the past, not just in your life, but way before that. And also what you do in this present will impact people coming and children, generations coming after you. 
Um, and I will add that this isn't just like obviously what I have understood even more now. This isn't just about you having children like biological children. This is even the impact you have on people that can impact and will impact generations to come. So I will be back to talk about sovereignty and God's hand on my life. Um, but until then, take care. I'm sending you love um, and we will speak very soon.